What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Boys Podcast, episode 22. Back here after week 9, not really a lot of surprises. We're starting to finally get a picture of how the playoffs are going to turn out and how the top 10 of the draft order is going to turn out. But uh, we're going to go through most of the games. We'll talk about the teams that uh, played well and the teams that decided to play like ass cheeks. And there was a bunch of those. We're going to start off with Thursday Night Football as the Green Bay Packers defeated the, can we really call them the San Francisco 49ers anymore? 34-17. to Alright, Carl, you'll take the San Francisco 49ers. I'll go ahead and take the Green Bay Cheeseheads. Alright, let's see. Nick Mullins starting in place of an often injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Went 22-35, 291 yards, one touchdown, and an interception. Jared McKenna led him on the ground with 12 carries, 52 yards, and a score. And Richie James came out of nowhere. Isn't that... Did you... no. Hold on. Oh, no, I was going to say rip to anyone that started Jermichael Hasty in fantasy last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Richie James, nine catches, 184 yards, and a touchdown. Really the only person that contributed through the air. And defensively led by, no surprise, Fred Warner with 13 tackles. They got a sack out of Jordan Willis. As far as for the Green Bay Cheeseheads, Aaron Rodgers. People want to talk about Russell Wilson. Rodgers needs to be in the MVP conversation, too, even though I think it's Patrick Mahomes' award to lose at this point. Aaron Rodgers, 25-31, 305 yards, four touchdowns, and a 9.8 average yards per pass. Yeah. 147.2 quarterback rating, too. On the ground, led by Aaron Jones, 15 carries for 58 yards. Good thing, because the rest of the running backs were on the COVID list. They were led through the air by Devontae Adams. Ten catches, 173 yards, and a study. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I believe I said that right. Two catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Defensively, they were led by Oren Burks with six tackles, one tackle for loss. They had a fumble recovery by Zadarius Smith. An interception by Ravon Green. And that is that. And next week, the Steve, the Packers play the Jacksonville Jaguars in Green Bay. Yikes. San Francisco is in New Orleans. Yikes. Taking on the New Orleans Saints. Righty. Our next game. The Atlanta Falcons almost blew another lead. Almost. As they... It was a fun game to watch, too. As they took the win over the Denver Broncos, 34-27. This my computer just rotated all the way to the bottom. <laughs> Anyway, I'll take the division rival Falcons. You'll take the Broncos. For the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan, 25-35 for 284 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and a 112.1 quarterback rating. He continues to just launch the ball through the air at this rate. He does lead the NFL in passing yards through nine weeks. 
On the ground, Todd Gurley led the way 19 carries for 53 yards for one touchdown, a 2.8 yards per carry, since that's what you want to see from your star running back. 100%. Uh, they were led through the air by, oh, God. Hold on. I got it. Olamide Zacchaeus? Yeah. Four yeah. catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Hayden Hurst, seven catches for 62 yards. Julio Jones... And Brandon Powell added the other in Matt Ryan's touchdown passes. Defensively, they were led by Christ Atlanta. Foisade Olakun? Oh, yeah, Olakun, who shredded us two weeks ago. Ten tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection. Four quarterback hits. Ricardo Allen added an interception. Nice. Uh, Drew Locke for the Denver Broncos, 25 for 48, two touchdowns and an interception. That completion percentage is atrocious. 313 yards. Yeah, 313 yards on 25 completions. Okay. Uh, On the ground, led by Drew Locke, seven attempts, 47 yards and a touchdown. Phillip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon combined for 41 yards on 14 carries. Jerry Judy alert! Jerry Judy, seven receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Not practicing today, by the way, with a shoulder injury. Oh, great. And Tim Patrick caught the other touchdown in his return from injury as well. Defensively, they were led by Josie Jewell with 10 tackles. They got an interception from Justin Simmons, as well as sacks from Demarcus Walker, Draymond Jones. And that's about it. Brandon McManus was perfect on the day as well. And next week, next week the Atlanta Falcons play the bye week, and the Denver Broncos play the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. Also, oh, Atlanta was up like thirty-four to thirteen, and almost yeah, blew another lead. A, a dub's a dub. <laughs> Facts. All right, on to the shock of the week, because we all had the Buffalo Bills beating the Seahawks. In Uh, a game where absolutely no defense got played. Let's be real, though. This game is not as close as the score makes it seem. Buffalo dominated this game. The Buffalo Bills advanced to 7-2 as they beat the Seattle Seahawks 44-34 on the backs of Josh Allen. I'll take the Bills. Carr will take the Seahawks. Josh Allen played out of his mind. Yes, he did. 31 of 38, 415 yards and three scores. He averaged 11 yards a pass. That's insane. No interceptions. Zach Maul, there was really no running game to be found, but when your quarterback throws for 400 yards, you really don't need a running game. Nope. Uh, they had two rushing touchdowns, one by Zach Moss and one by Josh Allen because, you know, he didn't do enough. Through the air. They were led by, oh, I wonder who. Stephon Diggs, nine catches, 118 yards. John Brown added 99 yards on eight catches. Touchdowns were to Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, and Tyler Croft. Yeah, because we definitely had that. Um, Tredavious White and A.J. Klein recovered fumbles. They were led by Tremaine Edmonds with 11 tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, one pass deflection. Jordan Poyer, 10 tackles. 
They were they had interceptions by Jordan Poyer and Tredavious White. And as for the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson had another fantastic game. He just turned the ball over twice and really, really ugly interception. 28 for 41, 390 yards, two touchdowns, and those two interceptions on the ground, led by DJ Dallas. Seven carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. They got a touchdown on the ground from Russell Wilson as well. Led through the air by DK Metcalf, because, you know, that's just what he does these days. Seven catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. They got another, they got their other receiving touchdown from David Moore. Oh, defensively led by, of course, Bobby Wagner, who had six tackles and a sack. They also got two sacks, rounding that sack and a half up from Jamal Adams. And they got three sacks from Jerron Reed. Actually, it's credited as two and a half, but you all know we don't count half sacks around here. And, yeah, that about summed it up. Once again, no defense was played in this game. And if the Seahawks... Having Achilles Hill this year, it's going to be the fact that they have the worst defense in the league. Yep. Uh, the Seahawks are traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams. And the Buffalo Bills are in... I'm seeing bye week. Arizona. Oh, no. They're in... Ooh, good game coming there. All right. Let's head to Indianapolis. Oh, my God. With the Baltimore Ravens with a 24-10 win over the Indianapolis Ash Cheeks. Thank you. I'm glad you said it because I was going to. I'll take the Ravens. Carl will take his Indianapolis Ash Cheeks. Oh you know, for someone God. that doesn't know the way we talk on a podcast, that really comes off really wrong. <laughs> Oh, I know. Somebody's going to hear that out of context and hear that Carl's going to take the Indianapolis ass cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. For uh, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, 19 to 23, 117 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. MVP. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, 13 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Gus Edwards added another rushing touchdown through the air, led by Nick Boyle, four catches for 46 yards. <laughs> He's a blocking tight end. Yeah. Uh, fumbles galore. Hey, Ian, I want to hear that. Uh, one by Nick Boyle. One by Gus Edwards. No, sorry. Gus Edwards and Matt Serkra had fumbles. Nick Boyle recovered one. Chuck Clark recovered two. Mm. They were led on defense by Malik Harris and 11 tackles. All right. Before um, I jump into this. Hold on. Uh, interceptions by Marcus Peters and Chuck Clark returned a fumble by from Jonathan Taylor where Phillip Rivers was making a tackle at the 35-yard line and tripped over air, and it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen from a quarterback that makes $25 million. He finally added a picture to the description of an ass cheek. Just him laying on the 35, trying to make a tackle. On Chuck Clark. Over hair. Yep. Okay. These stats, all right, I'm going to breeze through this. 25 for 43 for Phillip Rivers. No touchdown, 227 yards and an interception. We got a rushing touchdown from Jonathan Taylor. 
Um, Jordan Wilkins led us with 39 yards on the ground because, you know, that makes perfect sense. Our leading receiver on the day had 56 yards, and that was Michael Pittman on four catches. Zach Pascal had five catches for 55 yards. And defensively, Darius Leonard, 15 tackles. That's what happens when you play a team that runs the ball 35 times a game. The Colts' saving grace is the fact that their defense is top five in the league, but their offense is bottom ten. Yep. We got sacks out of Al-Fadim Muhammad and Danico Autry, as well as an, a forced fumble from Marcus Johnson and DeForest Buckner. Goggles! Perfect on the day. One for one. All right. The Indianapolis Colts play tomorrow night as they travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans in a match for first place in the AFC South. And the Baltimore Ravens travel to New England to take on Cam Newton and the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football. And What's up? Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, let's go to Kansas City. Let's go to Kansas City. What a game this was. Wow, what a game. I know y'all played a hell of a fight. This was probably, in my opinion, the game of the week. Because uh, we all had a 3-5, and five, now 3-6 and six Panthers team going up and giving Patrick Mahomes and that offense the fight of their lives. I don't know, being the the unbiased one, I don't know if it was y'all playing up or the Chiefs playing down. Fair. Um, I, I don't know if they just expected this game to be a cakewalk and they just didn't care. Okay. Sorry, guys, um, this cat wanted out of the room. Yeah, there was a, there was a ghost in the apartment for just a second there. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, all I know is I don't think Kansas City played down. I just think they didn't expect us to be. Carolina was very aggressive in, with play calling. They were 3-for-3 three three on fourth down. They faked a punt. They did an onside attempt. Uh, they did a lot of things that you kind of have to do to even have a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Carl, you can take the Chiefs. I'll take my Panthers. All right, Patty, Patty Mahomes, 30 for 45, 372 yards, four scores in the course of today of the game. Became the youngest player to ever reach 100 touchdown passes. I will say, I will say, combined for 12 carries for 30 yards. I will take that because our rush defense is usually awful. (laughs) Agreed. Travis Kelsey, 10 catches, 159 yards. He's like third in the in the league in receiving yards as a tight end right now, and that's insane. Tyreek Hill had nine catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. They got up their other touchdowns from Demarcus Robinson and Clyde Edwards-Alaire and led defensively by Daniel Sorensen with 10 tackles and a forced fumble. They got sacks from Frank Clark and Chris Jones, who was questionable even coming into this game because of the COVID. <clears throat> yeah, um, when my home plays like that, you really don't need to run the ball that much. But no. To be fair, I, to be fair, I'll take it. Uh, for Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater, thirty-six of forty-nine, <clears throat> three hundred and ten yards and two touchdowns, no picks, hundred three point three quarterback rating. Oh my God, 
When Teddy Bridgewater plays well, we have a chance. Huh, crazy how that happens. Uh-huh. We also had a pass thrown by Joseph Charlton, our punter. One for one for 28 yards due to on a fake punt call that was brilliant and Kansas City Chiefs had no idea it was coming. On nope. the ground, led by Christian McCaffrey, 18 carries for 69 yards on a score. McCaffrey also added 10 catches for 82 yards on a score. And he separated his collarbone off of his shoulder joint at the end of this game and is considered day-to-day and doubtful for Sunday's game against Tampa Bay. Uh, the other rushing touchdown came from Teddy Bridgewater on a drive that was insane. First off, Curtis Samuel dives out to make a catch. Then Teddy Bridgewater on 4th and 14 risks his life to get the first down. Christian makes the ridiculous catch, and then Teddy runs it in for the touchdown. I mean, this team had no quit. Through the air, they were led by Curtis Samuel with 9 catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. As I said about Christian, Carolina's leading receiver Robbie Anderson added 63 yards on 9 receptions. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Teddy Bridgewater and DJ Moore, but it needs to be figured out and figured out fast. Yeah, something's not clicking there. Uh, they were led on defense by Shaq Thompson and Sam Franklin, who filled in for the injured Jeremy Chin with seven tackles apiece. Franklin also added a sack, as did Brian Burns, because, you know, that's what Brian Burns does. That's what Burns he does. As for next week, Kansas City is on a bye, and Carolina is at home hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Revenge game for Tampa. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Carl, pick a game. Mm, Let's see. Let's go to the desert. Let's go to Arizona. Oh, you mean the second game of the week? Yeah. In a battle of quarterbacks that should be battling for a decade at least to come. Okay, I just need to say something. This rookie quarterback class is absolutely ridiculous. It's insane. Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert. Jordan Love hasn't even taken a snap yet, and the pressure's already immensely on him. Jacob Eason. Yes, but he wasn't a first-round pick. I know. All right, Miami goes into Arizona and upsets the Arizona Cardinals 34-31. This Miami team is a playoff contender. I don't care what anybody says. Their defense is... Very good. It didn't show in this game, but Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the Dolphins. Two attack of Aloha. I believe I said that, right? You did. 20-28 for 248 yards, two touchdowns, and a 122.3 quarterback rating. Uh, on the run game, it was a uh, Salvana Med, seven carries for 38 yards. Two added 35 yards and a rushing touchdown by Jordan Howard. Who ran the ball 10 times for 19 yards. Nice. Through the air, they were led by Devontae Parker with six catches for 64 yards. Touchdowns were caught by Preston Williams and Mac Hollins. Defensively, they had a fun recovery from Shaq Lawson, led by Jerome Baker with seven tackles. And there we go. Now on to Arizona. Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, 21 for 26, 283 yards and three touchdowns through the air, no picks. 
led on the ground by Kyler Murray with 11 carries, 106 yards, and another rushing touchdown. Chase Edmonds chipped in 70 yards on 25 carries. Led through the air by Christian Kirk. I bet everybody thought I was going to say DeAndre Hopkins. Five catches, 123 yards, and a score. They also got receiving touchdowns from tight ends Max Williams and Daryl Daniels. Led defensively by Patrick Peterson and Devondre Campbell, who both had six tackles. They got sacks from Josh Morrow, Marcus Golden, and Devondre Campbell. And next week, let's see. The Arizona Cardinals are welcoming in the Buffalo Bills, and Miami is playing the Los Los Angeles Angeles Chargers Chargers in Miami. Justin Herbert against Tua. Part one. And as far as the Miami Dolphins are not wearing their usual uniforms next week, they're going to their white 1980 throwbacks, which are the best throwbacks in the in the league. I agree. All righty. Speaking of the Chargers, let's go to let's go to this game because I've got some stuff to say. I bet the Chargers lost a close game. They did, and I've got some stuff to say because you got to be kidding me with this. How is Anthony Lynn not fired yet? I wish I knew the answer to that. Like, I really want to know. So, just so everybody listening to this podcast knows, before I skip over this game, because I cannot find it. There it is. Um, in one possession games in his three years as a head coach for the L.A. Chargers, Anthony Lynn is 3-15. and 15. Oh, my God. In the Chargers' 4-1 possession, their last 4-1 possession losses this year, Justin Herbert has a touchdown to interception ratio of 15-2. to Jeez. So let me reiterate for everybody out there, this is not Justin Herbert's fault. This is the fact nope. that their defense can't stop anything and can't hold the lead, and the play calling for their offense is in prevent mode. Let your rookie quarterback do what he does best. The Chargers need to fire this man because Anthony Lynn is a piss-poor excuse for a head coach. Ass cheek, some would say. Oh, yeah. Uh, since, since I'm wearing an Oregon jersey, I'll take the Chargers. You can go ahead with the Vegas Raiders. All right, Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr only completed 13 passes in this game for 165 yards and two touchdowns. Led on the ground by Josh Jacobs, of course, with 14 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. They also got Devontae Booker involved with eight carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Led through the air by Hunter Renfro, who only had two catches for 60 yards. They got touchdowns from Darren Waller and Nelson Aguilar. Led defensively by Nick Kwiatkowski. With I would have butchered the hell out of that name. <laughs> They got sacks out of Carl Nassib and Max Crosby. And Daniel Carlson continues to be one of the best kickers in the league this season. For the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, 28-42 for 326 yards and two touchdowns. No picks. Uh, Justin Herbert is also the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 250 yards in four straight games with at least a touchdown pass. He is my personal opinion for Offensive Rookie of the Year and Rookie of the Year. It's close between him and Chase Young for Rookie of the Year. But uh, as far as offenses, uh, it's really close between him and Joe Burrow. It just depends on what happens down the stretch and which team has the better record because we all know that always plays a factor. 
Kalen Balaj led the way on the ground, 15 carries for 69 yards on a touchdown, and he gets rewarded by that by being sent straight back down to the practice squad. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, through the air, they were led by Keenan Allen on nine catches, 103 yards, and a score. Mike Williams added 81 yards on five carries. Other touchdown came from Gabe Neighbors, which might be the greatest name I've ever heard. Gabe Neighbors. On defense, they were led by Rayshon Jenkins with six tackles. No interceptions. And as far as for next week, and I'll tell you one thing, this Tua and Herbert matchup is going to be pretty good because Miami's got a get through the fact they can kind of legitimize taking two over Herbert. Yeah. Um, but I think they're both going to be very good. Herbert has, being an Oregon fan, I even know he had some issues with, you know, decision-making and all that, but that, it's not showing right now. No, he's he's playing very, very well. And the Raiders are at home against the Denver Broncos. Be an interesting game. Yeah. All righty, let's... Let's go to Minnesota. The Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, no, it's Minnesota. The game was in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. That my, my stats were backwards. The Minnesota Vikings are now getting up there. If they win a couple more games, they're back in the playoff on, especially with this... Possibly Can adding say that the Minnesota Vikings are cooking. Uh, yeah, that happens when your running back is named Dalvin Cook, and the Vikings can go ahead and thank Florida State football. Uh, I'll take Minnesota. You'll take the lonely Detroit Lions. Oh, the poor Lions. Kirk Cousins, thirteen of thirty, two hundred and twenty yards, three touchdowns. Uh, if he does that every week, they have a chance. Also, if this happens every week, Minnesota's never losing again. Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 206 yards, two touchdowns, 9.4 average a carry. Also had a 46 yards receiving on two catches. Far and away, the leading rusher in the NFL right now. Oh, it's not. I, I, it's I, not even within like 150, 200 yards. Actually, I think he's 70 yards ahead of Derrick Henry, and then there's a big gap between Derrick Henry and the rest. Yeah. Um. Through the air, led by Justin Jefferson with three catches for 64 yards. Adam Thielen, 38 yards on two catches. I, 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 we've said this a couple times on a podcast, and Jordan said it when he was here. I've never seen a trade work out so well for both parties than the Justin Jefferson for uh, Stephon Diggs deal. deal. Like It depends what the Vikings do with that Bills first-round pick in April, but they've been... I just have never seen it. They were led on defense. They had three players on defense with double-digit tackles. Eric Wilson, who added half a sack, along with his 13. Chris Boyd and Harrison Smith both had 10 apiece. Uh, they, I love this. They have three players on here with half a sack, which equals to two. How, how does... Okay. They had okay. three interceptions by Eric Wilson, Harrison Smith, and Eric Kendricks. The Lions are bad. I'm gonna re- actually. I'm gonna rephrase. The Lions are bad because of their coaching. Agreed. Because they've got some. I like Matthew Stafford. Always have. I think they might finally have something in a running back in DeAndre Swift. 
They obviously have the receivers. They got Amendola. They got Kenny Galladay when he can stay on the field. Marvin Jones Jr. They have promise on defense. It's just Matt Patricia couldn't coach a peewee school. Nope. And speaking of Matthew Stafford, 23 attempts, or 32 attempts. He got 23 completions, 211 yards, a touchdown, two picks. Chase Daniel came in late in the game. Through eight, through 13 passes, completed eight of them for 94 yards and a touchdown, also through an interception. Led on the ground by DeAndre Swift with 64 yards on 13 carries. And led through the air by Danny Amendola with seven catches for 77 yards. They got receiving touchdowns from tight end TJ Hawkinson and Marvin Jones Jr. Led defensively by... J. Ron Curse with eight tackles. They got a sack out of Desmond Trufant. And that's about that about sums it up. It was not an overly impressive game unless you're a fan of Dalvin Cook running all over the Detroit Lions. As far as next week, the Lions return home to host the Washington football team, and the Vikings play probably their most important game of the year as they travel to Soldier Field to take on the Bears. Primetime Kirk. Not good. <laughs> Nope. Try to be as as nice as I possibly can to the Vikings. Indeed. Um, we're not going to cover the New York Giants win over the Washington football team 23-20, nor are we going to cover the Houston Texans two-point victory 27-25 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's... Or the Tennessee Titans 24-17 win over the Bears because it was just a boring game to sit through. All right. We're going to talk about the fact that Garrett Gilbert – was one of the best quarterbacks this week. Let's go down to Dallas as the Pittsburgh Steelers survive against the Dallas Cowboys 24-19. I will say this. This does not look good for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think they're going to finish 13-3 or 14-2, but what exactly are you going to do when you got to face the Kansas City Chiefs? Right. Like, how are you going to let Garrett Gilbert almost lead a charge against your undefeated selves. I will say this. Not that Gary Gilbert's anything special, but he played for Carolina once upon a time. He's not terrible. And it's hard to be terrible when you're on that offense. Correct. And then you have that defense on the other side of the ball. Yeah, so... um, I will take Buddha's roll here, and I'll take Dallas. You'll take Steelers. All right. Let's see. Ben Roethlisberger, 29 for 42, 306 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, came out of this game for a little bit. Apparently hurt both knees, but we all know how Ben Roethlisberger is with feigning injuries. Um. Yeah, led on the ground by James Conner, nine carries for 22 yards. Let's see. They got a combined 20 catches from Chase Claypool, Juju, and and Deontay Johnson. Juju led the way with 93 yards and a touchdown. Got the other touchdown from Eric Ebron and one from James Washington as well. Led defensively by Vince Williams with eight tackles. You also got the sacks from Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith, and TJ Watt. An interception by Mika Fitzpatrick. And a forced fumble by Cameron Sutton. For the Dallas Cowboys, Gary Gilbert, 21-38, 243 yards, one touchdown, one interception. 
On the ground, Tony Pollard and Zeke both hit over 50 yards. Gilbert added 28 yards of his own. Through the air, led by CeeDee Lamb, four catches, 71 yards on a score. Amari Cooper, 67 yards on five catches. And then it was kind of uh, Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup kind of rounded it out around there. Um, CeeDee Lamb did fumble the ball and did lose it. Not what you want to see, but he is, again, a rookie. Trayvon Diggs led them in tackles, which, unfortunately for them, he will be out for the rest of the season, which yep. isn't good because he was one of their bright spots. Uh, Jalen Smith also had seven tackles as well. No interceptions. Next week, Dallas Cowboys are on a bye, I believe. They are. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are at home playing Cincinnati. Could be a trap game. Yep. Supposedly, Ben doesn't play on the COVID list. Uh, from what I understand, he doesn't have it. He was just contract yeah, it's close contact because of Vance McDonald. Yeah, so um, I say this. If Big Ben's not able to play, Cincinnati wins that game. Oh, I agree. Because Mason Rudolph is an ash kick. Oh, he's terrible. He's uh, absolutely terrible. If any man ever deserved to get hit in the head with a helmet, <laughs> it was Mason Rudolph. God, Miles Garrett's so good. Hey, hey Ian. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about what the Saints did to the Buccaneers? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> mm, it was ugly. It was – I don't remember the last time I saw Tom Brady play that bad. Uh, like 13 years ago. And not to jump, not because this segment's not going to be about the Buccaneers a lot. They had five rushing attempts this game for a combined eight yards. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, um, Saints uh literally dominated this football game from the word go. Now, as far as the Saints are concerned, this new proposal that if games get canceled about having eight playoff teams. The Saints were silently praying and are silently praying that the Minnesota Vikings don't sneak into the playoffs. Oh god. Oh god, especially if they gotta play in Minnesota. Jesus. If they gotta play anywhere. I mean, they right. can't beat the Vikings in the playoffs. Oh man. The the Saints just came out so fast against the Buccaneers that they had no idea what to do. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay was just... That defense that was so vaunted got absolutely embarrassed. All right. So Tom Brady went 22 for 38, three interceptions. As I said, five combined rushing attempts for eight yards. They were led by Mike Evans with four catches, 64 yards. They also got six catches and 41 yards from Leonard Fournette. Led defensively by Devin White with 14 tackles and a forced fumble. They also got forced fumbles from Shaq Barrett and Jordan Whitehead. Uh, Ian, do you have who the Buccaneers got interceptions by? Because I don't. Who Tampa got interceptions? Yeah, like who picked off. Or no. Um... Drew Brees didn't turn the ball over, correct? Okay, we're, we're good. Okay. Uh, I also like how Carl trusts me to take the Saints' stats. Yeah, I do. Because you can't mess this one up. 
No, um, I'm usually not too bad unless the Saints usually get, like, if they win yeah. by officiating or if they're playing Carolina. But we, right. we don't have to worry about that till Week 17. Uh, Drew Brees, 26-32, 222 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 98.9 QBR. Taysom Hill, 2-for-2 two for, two for 48 yards. And Jameis Winston saw some action at the end of the game, 1-for-1 one for, one for 12 yards. And then he ate a W against his former team. Yeah. Um, running the ball, Taysom Hill led the team in rushing. That's all I'm going to say about that. 54 but yards. Don't. He's the future. No, he's not. He's an ass cheek. 54 well, yards yeah. for seven carries. Alvin Kamara, 40 yards on nine carries. Latavius Murray, 39 yards on 10 carries. Alvin Kamara also added a rushing touchdown. One, two, three. Alvin Kamara didn't do much. No. Five carries, nine yards, or sorry, five receptions, nine yards. They were led through the air by the returning Michael Thomas. Five catches for 51 yards. Touchdowns were Adam Trutman, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, and Josh Hill. They had 12 different people catch passes. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, they were led on defense by Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins. Damn it, went down the wrong way. And they got interceptions from David Onyemata, Marcus Williams, and Malcolm Jenkins. Next week. The Saints are at home playing the San Francisco 49ers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in Carolina visiting against Carolina Panthers. Yep, God help us. And yep. the Jets about pulled a dub, and then they realized that they shouldn't pull the dub. Yeah, uh, the New England Patriots defeated the New York Jets 30-27. to The Jets blew a two-possession lead, and they also realized they had the tank and just threw the ball away on three straight plays. Um, yeah. I'll take the Jets. You take the Patriots. All right, let's go. Cam Newton, 27 for 35, 274 yards. Um, no touchdowns, no interceptions. <clears throat> On the ground, they were led by Damian Harris with 71 yards on 14 carries. They got rushing touchdowns from Rex Burkhead and two from Cam Newton. Um, receiving, Jacoby Myers went off against the Jets' defense. 12 catches, 169 yards. And they were led defensively by uh, safety Adrian Phillips with eight tackles. They got a sack from Dietrich Wise Jr. and an interception from J.C. Jackson, who leads the leagues and picks with five, I believe. For the Jets, led by Joe Flacco, 18-25, 262 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 128. And he looked good until they realized that they should lose the game. Yep. Frank Gore is still leading a team in rushing, so that's concerning. Uh, 12 carries yeah. for 46 yards, led by Brashad Perryman through the air. Five catches, 101 yards, and two scores. Denzel Mims added 62 yards on four catches. Jamison Crowder had a pretty solid little touchdown catch. He did. Led on defense by Bless Austin. That is, I, they shortened his name. The man's name is Blessoon Austin, but yeah, my stats only say Bless Austin as well. Bless Austin. And Austin Kurtner, that does not mean you are blessed. <laughs> 12 tackles and one pass deflection. Harvey Langey, 10 tackles. I, I just also want to say um, Fularonzo Fatakasi. I just wanted to say that. Yep, seven tackles, no interceptions. <laughs> 
And next week, the Patriots are hosting. At home, playing the Baltimore Ravens, and the Jets are on a bye, and they're probably still going to lose. All right, that does it for the Week 9 games. Before we get into the picks, do want to congratulate the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on their biggest win in program history as they upset number one Clemson. Uh, they do go up to number two. Alabama takes the one spot. Clemson falls down to four. And Ohio State case at three, even though I think Ohio State is ten times better than Notre Dame. But you can't not vault Notre Dame when they beat the number one team in the country who hasn't lost in two years in the regular season. Correct. And the SEC is probably not playing football this weekend. At least the majority of the SEC isn't playing football. Yep. So... Uh, because they canceled Alabama, LSU, they canceled Missouri, and whoever they're playing. Yeah. Uh, so that pretty much leaves the other conferences. Um, Virginia Tech had one of the most embarrassing losses in program history against oh, Liberty. Oh, wow, I almost forgot that that happened. As Justin Fuente is the biggest ass cheek in the history of college football. Uh, the Pac-12 came back, Oregon beat Stanford, USC had a pretty good outing. Uh, as far as the Pac-12, it's Oregon and USC. Yeah, I will be shocked if that's not the Pac-12 championship game. Right. I don't know what that was. But anyway, let's go to next week's predictions. We're going to start off with tomorrow night's game, the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. I really want to pick Indianapolis, but I can't do it because Phillip Rivers is at playing quarterback. I've got the Titans 24-20. to 20. Hey, did you read my notes? No, I haven't even seen your notes. I have the Titans 24-20. to 20. <laughs> Hey, we agree on something. I've got the Cleveland Browns coming off a of bye week and beating the Houston Texans 30-18. to 18. I have the Houston Texans getting a win, 31-28. to 28. With the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants, the NFC lease continues. I've got the Giants winning 24-22. Oh winning to 22. I have the Philadelphia Eagles defeating the New York Giants 3 to nothing. Oh, my God. Yep. Are you joking? <laughs> nope. 3 to nothing. All right. I've got the Washington football team beating the Detroit Lions 20 to 6, sorry, 20 to 17. I have the Detroit Lions beating the football team 21 to 17. I've got the Green Bay Packers defeating the Jacksonville Jaguars 35 to 3. Green Bay 42 to 14. <sighs> The Saints didn't do what they did to Tampa. I'd pick Carolina, but I can't do it. Tampa Bay bounces back and beats the Carolina Panthers 35-31. to uh, Oh, man. I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Carolina Panthers 35-10. to I will cry. Yeah. I've got the, I've got the Miami Dolphins beating the L.A. Chargers and another heartbreaker for the Chargers 28-27. to I have the Dolphins 31 to 24 late touchdown by Tua. I've got the Denver Broncos beating the Las Vegas Raiders 28 to 21. I've got the Raiders 20 to 17 fighting for a playoff spot. Wow, we are on opposite ends of the spectrum we are here. Not doing, okay. 
I've got the Buffalo Bills going eight and two, defeating the Arizona Cardinals twenty-four to fourteen. I have the Arizona Cardinals twenty-four to twenty-three. I've got until I know about Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers will go to nine and zero, beating the Cincinnati Bengals twenty-four to thirteen. I I'm in the same boat as you are. If Ben plays Pittsburgh twenty-three to sixteen. The New Orleans Saints will easily handle the San Francisco 49ers 35 to 13. I have the Saints 34 to 7. I think Seattle bounces back. They will defeat the LA Rams 35 to 34. I got the Seahawks 33 to 30. And the Baltimore Ravens will defeat the New England Patriots. 21 to 7. I have the Ravens 20 to 14. And I've got the Minnesota Vikings continuing their hot streak as they defeat the Chicago Bears 17 to 10. I have the Chicago Bears 27 24. Wow, we couldn't be more off track on that one. We really couldn't. We pretty much disagreed on everything. Yes, pretty much. I will say that this season has all been interesting, of course, but one thing remains the same. Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in the National Football League. And it's really not even that close to me. Everyone was like, Pittsburgh's undefeated. Carolina gave Kansas City a run. I was like, well, Carolina's actually a good football team. Their record just doesn't show it. Agreed. I'm not just saying that. They're... I didn't know about Matt Rule at first, but that man just went into Kansas City and almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I really think Teddy Bridgewater is going to save y'all from drafting a quarterback for at least two years. I agree. Um, that, and I just think we're not going to have a tight enough pick to go get Lawrence or Fields. And no, I really don't. Picking like fifteen to. And I really don't probably. want. I really don't want anybody else. No offense to Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or anybody, but. At that point, if you're picking middle round, you pretty much take best available whatever comes to you. Yeah, mid round, mid to late round quarterbacks, minus a few exceptions, generally always reaches. Um, I think Carolina's I mean, obviously it's one like Lamar who cannot throw the ball. Yeah, I everybody yeah he won an MVP. That's because he runs the ball. Yeah, uh, Carolina has a lot of needs. Uh, offensive line, uh, linebackers, uh, corners. So, I think they can find some needs there. Um, honestly, when it comes to the other teams, as far as draft needs, Colts, defense. Actually, no, 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 no. You need, a, you need some receivers. You need a receiver. I think the Cowboys need anything related to the backside of their defense. Offensive line is becoming a need for the Cowboys, too. It is. As far as for the Philadelphia Eagles, it's still receivers. It's receiver and linebacker. They have the worst linebacking core in the league. I do agree. All righty. Kyle, I got a question. Yep. Because I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. Who 
on the Colts is your most improved player this year? Ooh. Ooh. Rakia Seen. I'll say his name right just for the sake of the podcast. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Rakia Seen. Okay. For Carolina, this is like, is this even a question? It's Brian Burns. <laughs> yeah. Amazing what happens when he's not on punt team. Yeah, I know, right? <clears throat> um, my opinion for the Philadelphia Eagles, it's Travis Fulgham. Oh, I agree. Did, has anybody actually gotten better for the Cowboys? No. Jalen <laughs> No. <laughs> Uh, I really have no idea. Yeah, sorry, Buddha. Yeah, sorry, Buddha. Y'all just trash. I'll I'll just say Jalen Smith, just mostly because he's tackling a lot of people, and he seems to be trying to lead that defense the best he can. Oh, there. Going to week eleven. The first game of the year between the Falcons and the Saints. And for non-NFC South fans, if you think I hate the Saints, I don't got nothing on some Falcons fans. Falcons and Saints is one of the hottest rivalries in any professional sport. Yeah, the crazy thing is is we're at week 10, and some some division rivals haven't even played each other once yet. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, like the Falcons and the Saints play twice in like six, seven weeks, six weeks, something like that. I agree. Um, All right, here's the main question. Who wins the NFC East and how many wins do they have? The Philadelphia Eagles with seven wins. Seven, eight, and one. I think it's six, nine, yeah. and one, honestly. Now I'm going to go seven, eight, and one. But it is so bad. It's not fun to watch. I just... I want to put the Saints as Super Bowl contenders, but they can't yeah. get it done in the playoffs. They're hard to let you. Well, that, and they can't get it done in the playoffs. They've proven it. Yeah. Well, but, they did one time. Yeah, like 11 years ago. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm about to say, I know you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Damn you, Tracy Porter. Tracy Porter. Onside kick, too. Damn you, Sean Payton. That, I can agree with. Damn you, Drew Brees. Also can agree with. See, now my heart hurts. Why did we end with this? I don't know. Anyway, guys, that's going to do it. For episode 22, we broke down the week 9 games, we previewed the week 10, and we talked about some other things, because that's what we do around here. Hopefully, we'll have Delby and Buddha back soon, but we will see y'all next week for episode 23. That was Carl, this is Big E, Du Bois out.